0: Welcome to the Shelter Footycast. Will Schofield, Mark Reddings, taking you through all the big stuff in the AFL of the week gone by and coming up ahead, Skeeter. We've got a Patreon now, mate. Are you excited? I've never heard the term Patreon, but I'm on board with you, Scoey. If you take me to the promised land, I'm there. VIP content, discounts and much more. Backchatstudios.com.au to sign up as
1: a VIP.
0: Ah uh, Yes, this is the Shelter Footycast from the back chat Studios. So great to have your company, uh, Mark Reddings, in the chair. Our regular duo, just been separated for the time being. We've uh, had Busselton at the brilliant Shelter Brewery with Will Schofield. He's gone from Busso to Barley. So uh, he's just having one last look at relaxation before footy starts. But great to have your company, as I said, Mark Reddings, alongside Hamish Hammer Brayshaw. Good morning, my friend.
1: Good to be back. Very, very good to be back in the chair. Absolutely.
0: Let's uh, check off a few uh, important housekeeping duties, of course. Uh, Socials at Shelter Footycast, footycast at shelterbrewing.com.au. Of course, the YouTube back chat, Shelter Footycast, with the playlist, the news feed coming very shortly, I believe. Uh, And also, with the Shelter's Summer of Sour officially over, don't fret, of course, we had a taste of those down at uh, Busselton last weekend. The Grapes of Mirth is bringing a huge day of comedy to Shelter Brewing, Tomorrow, it's Australia's preeminent wine and comedy festival. Uh, for the first time, six of Australia's best comedians will make their way to Shelter Brewing for an afternoon of comedy, music, wine, gourmet grub, and the most amazing festival vibes. Two o'clock at Shelter, as I said, tomorrow. Tickets available at grapesofmirth.com.au. Shelter, born and brewed in Bustleton, WA. I can vouch, and so can Dan and Scoey. About the hospitality from the boys last week, from Excellent. from Tommy, Paul, Ash, they were sensational. The food, I actually just thought it was pizza and burgers. They don't do that a whole lot. It's Have yeah, you like You've been that. there?
1: No, I haven't been there, but I do appreciate a good uh, smorgasbord of food, but... Uh Nah, along with a nice little beer, it's, um, it certainly sounds like somewhere I'd like to venture. Maybe tomorrow at 2 o'clock.
0: Now, about to get your predictions for season 2023, yep. uh, your crystal ball hammer. Mm-hmm. But uh, we've also got the Shelter FootyCast tipping competition, including some prizes. First prize, a $300 Shelter Brewing Company venue voucher, plus $300 worth of Shelter beer, plus $300 merch pack. Second prize, $250 worth of Shelter beer, plus a $150 merch pack. Uh, good value there. And third, $150 worth of beer and a shelter hoodie, plus weekly prizes. Terms and conditions are on the shelter website. We'll get involved. Have a look on our socials for a link to join the league. Footy, I don't know about footy tipping. I'm in them all that I get asked to do, but gee, it, I get more pissed off about getting two out of nine than I do out of a lot yeah. of things.
1: Does it frustrate you? Oh, it frustrates you when it's within a kick or two and you sort of back the ruffian. in it. They get up and then they're winning in the fourth and then they lose. I do get very frustrated at footy tipping. I uh, haven't notoriously been very good at it in the last couple of years too, which hurts.
0: Let's get to, before we hit the big moments of the round... And, Skeet, sorry, sorry to interrupt. I
1: just want to get one thing in. Now, I know I gave you an outdated run sheet there saying that the new feed was on its way. It's well and truly there and working. So if oh, you are listening Dan, to this, const. if you are listening to this podcast the through the backchat feed, you can jump on. Just search on Spotify, on Apple, all of the app, um, you know the podcast apps. Search for Shoulder Footycast, and it'll come up as its own little house. You wow. go in, follow, subscribe to that, and then in about three four weeks time, we're going to cut off the backchat feed from Shelter Footycast and you'll only be able to listen to it on the new shoulder Footy Okay, you know there you lost go. me at
0: Excuse Me Skeet, but I've yep, got you. The feed is up and running, <laughs> and bad. the only request from uh, Dashing Dan from now on is, how about putting an updated rundown on my computer? But that's uh, been clarified, that's good to hear. Mm-hmm. And as I said, Hammer, before we get into our big moment of the round, yep. this is the last weekend before footy starts. Now, Peace. being in the footy system... Yep. Um, Eagles training today, Luke Shuey, etc. will touch on Jack Darling and, of course, Frio going through their final preparations. Mm -hmm. What does this last weekend mean for players before they mentally and physically have to really switch on for the best part of...
1: Four or five months? Yeah, well, I think it depends on where the player's at. I mean, if, if you've had a pretty solid pre season, you've played all the practice games, this is your last weekend to sort of refresh and feel good before launching into a 20-odd week season. Uh, so you sort of want to just. Get, this is a session where you're obviously going to get a number of K's in the legs, but you want to get through, you want to feel good, um, and then you want to attack next week feeling fresh. Whereas. If you've had an interrupted preseason, this is your last real hit out before the season gets going. So I imagine Luke Shuey would be wanting to get as much out of himself as he can today. There'd be boys that Oscar Allen would be wanting to get as much out of himself as he can today. So there'd be guys going pretty hard at it to try and feel like they're ready to play round one. So it's uh it's an interesting mix as to who's had a full preseason, who's had interrupted preseasons. But it's uh, either way, it's a solid session the last day. Um, of the pre-season, and then you rest up over the weekend and get into it next week.
0: Yeah, we'll dig deeper into the West Coast Eagles and Fremantle in just a moment. But the big moments of the round, well, there's a few. Let's touch on the MCG. Lots of footy there next weekend. Yeah. But, of course, they've had, a, had to relay so much turf, about 1,000 square metres, in eight days. Uh, well, less than eight days, we've got the footy starting. So Thursday, next week, uh, we're going to have the first game between Richmond and Carlton, all because of Ed Sheeran. And, yeah. of course, he's performing in Perth on Sunday in front of, what, 75,000 first question. Are you going I to I will be
1: there, yep, with bells on, which is, uh, that's, that'll be an enjoyable Sunday afternoon. But, um, oh, geez, I tell you what, if uh, Optus is, the turf at Optus has had its issues at the best of times, and if they're going to have to do what they've done at the at the G, we're, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens come round two, three, four. They've got a bit more tight
0: at the sleeve than the G, of course, because yep. we're not having any footy here mm-hmm. in round one. So, what, Sunday the 12th of of March, and then we don't play a game of footy until the Saturday week after that. Yep. So there's a bit more Two time. Weeks. So there's planning, and they've known this is the case. But certainly the MCG, it's going to be fascinating to see how that comes up um, next mm-hmm. week. Some huge numbers there. And an Ed Sheeran fan. How's, how's this? Uh, you're going to Ed Sheeran, yep. and I'm going to Rod Stewart tomorrow. i the show you the HM. Oh, and you grab between the old book, between the old bull <laughs> and the young buck. Um, Ross Lyon. The audio that's been leaked but hasn't been leaked because none of us have heard, no it. Um, heard it. Yep. What's going on there? The coaches, they obviously have a chat and, and it, there was an issue with downloading of the the information, but um Ross said there's a bit of fruity language, which wouldn't surprise me with Ross no, and that's any coaching. Yeah,
1: group. it's sort of Rocket Will Minson sort of style. <laughs> and Bill Monaghan there was a bit leaked <laughs> from the East Rio box. But it's I mean the coaches box is a is a high emotional environment. It gets uh, you, you get frantic. You're not really worried about what you're saying. It's more you're trying to get your direct message across as, across as quickly as you can. So, for it to be for it to have been leaked or suggestedly leaked, no one's really heard it. It's a bit unfortunate, but at the same time, you can't expect to be you know prim and proper all the time, especially not with an old school coach like Ross. It'll uh, sometimes get a bit out of hand, but um, he always gets his message across as best he can. I'm End sure. of the
0: day, I mean, really, uh, if there's a bit of fruity language, it's as long as it's not anything pertaining to their so-called yeah. game plan, yeah. then you can
1: yeah you can excuse it. And as long, I mean, no one you're sitting in the coach's box. Very rarely, no one's you're not potting your players personally. It's all to do with the game style. And if it gets a little bit emotional and uh, you ramp up a little bit, well, that's just the way it goes. I think that's just footy.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean nowadays, so coaches a little bit more measured. Having done quite a few waffle games sitting in uh, in the seven commentary box, uh, the league coaches by and large are fairly yeah calm. Tame what, now. I, what I find it's normally the. the the match before the reserve coaches are going off <laughs> Go off their the... heads <laughs> yeah. and then it's like you think to yourself put this in perspective in terms of where it sits in the in the in the the order of, of footy importance. But to them, it, it's... Absolutely. They're three hours of, of real passion.
1: Yeah, correct. doesn't matter where you, whether you're playing league, amos or, you know, resis. It's all a game of footy that you want to win. So coaches can get uh, emotional and can get up and about. But uh, no, it's all what stays... What happens in the box stays in the box. And unfortunately, it's been leaked. But, you know, you get that.
0: What about the news uh, coming out from the AFL, the McClellan Trophy, which goes back... Uh, I suppose, you know, VFL days and AFL times, the, the premier club, when I say premier club, the, the club that earns the most wins and points during yep. the, the home and away season gets the trophy for that. It's been expanded this year, the AFL, obviously, and now the AFLW. So, mm-hmm. not sure if you've heard about this, but I think it's a yeah, million, dollars, day, million yeah. dollars in. Uh, in the offing here um, But if you go to 2022 I know you, you're working At the West Coast Eagles yep. So Melbourne would have won The McClellan Trophy Last year Yep Do you know where The Eagles finished? Uh, I'll tell I... you where They finished 18th Yeah. So wooden spoon Yep Because you won two games In the men's
1: uh-huh. And how many in the women? Uh, we won two in the women's. Yeah. yeah so is it like the uh, is it like the Melbourne Cup sweep? If you come last, to get your money back. <laughs> <laughs> is that
0: how, I don't know. I've
1: got no idea. But uh, what do you think? Million bucks. It's a it's, oh, it's a it's fair carrot. Yeah, right? It is. And uh, well, I mean, Melbourne won it last year, and you can almost write your own ticket for them again this year. They've. Uh, I'm not sure if you're up to date with the sign trade and the pre signings of the AFLW, but. Uh, the three premier teams in Adelaide, Melbourne, and Brisbane. Uh, Brisbane have lost three or four of their best players. Adelaide have lost a couple of theirs, and no one's touched Melbourne. So they're uh, they're looking like they'll win every game by a hundred points again this year in the uh, in the AFLW. But they're, um yeah, it's I, I think it's a it's a good incentive now that all teams have got a- all teams have got AFL and AFLW. It's Uh, Just an extra added bonus to sort of to get both to get the clubs to support both men and men and women's footy. It's a little carrot of a million bucks at the end of the year is not too bad. So I think it's a good incentive for to sort of prop up both both of the AFL and AFLW teams.
0: Yeah, my concern is, that, as you said, the AFLW is a bit compromised at the moment with the yeah. recruiting. So, uh, yeah, that look, it's it's a good idea. I think it'll incentivise clubs to really put work into, well, we know the AFL has a lot of work, but uh, clubs that may not have paid as much attention to the AFLW program, I think that's very quickly changing, yep. but that, that will soon be, um, you know, a million bucks is a million bucks. Uh, now, speaking of dollars and compensation and legal action, concussion in footy's taken another step forward. Yes, Liam Picken yep. uh, played nearly 200 games for the Western Bulldogs premiership player, Mm -hmm. but he suffered a few bouts of concussion. He's taking the AFL, the Bulldogs, I think even club doctors to court or seeking legal um, compensation over how he's physically uh, deteriorated since his retirement. This is is going to turn into not just this story per se, but the concussion issue
1: has got so much Mm.
0: growth from a a legal perspective.
1: It does. I I think... Looking at concussions, I mean, my brother Angus has had a number of concussions where he missed games, missed almost a full season um, through concussions. It's it's a area of medicine that he's still you're still learning about it and things afterwards. So CTE, you don't understand that until you know you've passed on. But it's it's just growing and growing and growing in knowledge and what the you know. Liam Picken retired. How many how many years ago did he finish up? A few. I mean, concussions that he had in 2014 the technology from now to then is, you know, chalk and cheese. So what would have just been, righto, you've got, you follow my finger, how many fingers am I holding up? Okay, you can play next week, is now, righto, we've got 12 days. But even that, still, we're not sure on the science behind. So legally, it's a tricky one because, I mean, I'm not a lawyer, but I can't imagine it's uh, it's day and night, and black and white, as to how this case will go. It's um, certainly something to tread carefully around and something that clubs are putting a lot of work into to make sure that the player is definitely right before they head back out. Um but yeah, it's uh, it's it's a grey area and it's certainly something that's going to be rampant over the next few years with guys coming out after in, after this, their careers and having these concussion issues. I mean, West Coast have had Dan Venables and Brad Shepard and there's a number of guys in the AFL who have had to sort of finish up early because of concussion issues, so it's definitely a big deal.
0: Absolutely. I suppose in many ways, though, in more recent times it's changed, but players may have been concussed, doctor comes out, no, no... Are- uh, I'm I'm fine, mm. Doc. I'm all good. Hammond says no, no. I'm right to go. They obviously there's the, the balancing act with getting a result on the field, and so players
1: also have have always pushed the envelope to stay out on yeah. the ground. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's, it's you just you want to be playing football. You want to win, and sometimes with concussion, it can be the minor minorest or the smallest little detail that oh, maybe I saw a star for one second, or maybe I. Can't remember what happened in this one instance. And you think, oh, well, that's just a normal game. I'm tired. I'm. Whereas, you know, that can be a sign of a concussion. I think gone to the days where the doctor comes out and says, how'd you get here today, mate? And you say, well, February. And then, okay, well, no, you keep going. You're all right to go. I think that's, uh, yeah, no worries, mate. Sit yourself down. But um, players certainly want to push the envelope and come out. If, if you're feeling like you've got a concussion, you, some guys sort of sit there and don't say anything and have their five minutes on the bench and then go back out. So it's... Um, yeah, players are still very, very hesitant to to speak up when they think they've got the smallest little symptoms, and they just want to keep playing, because um, four points is four points, and guys are pretty desperate to get it.
0: But, but also, and look, playing devil's advocate it isn't. I think Scully and I've discussed this as well. When you run out onto a football field, it's like when I drive a car. There, yep. There's you put the seatbelt on. If you're driving the speed limit, you can still have a
1: Absolutely. an accident. Yeah,
0: it is. Look, and I know there's 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 legal implications. Speaking of even someone like Phil Narkle, who mm-hmm. who had the helmet back in the, the big in motorbike the day. helmet, yeah, the big uh, mushroom, Magic, yeah, yeah and, <laughs> and he was concussed. But of course, back then there was there was no education, mm. and there was you know you get pole action, you'd come back on the field, and that might have happened ten times in in say his career. But now, I mean, players do know, and they always have, obviously, the danger. So how how do you balance that up with, um, you know, players looking back and saying, well, I didn't get treated appropriately by the doctor having said that i refuse to come off the ground as well i mean that's that's i suppose Mm. a discussion point
1: um in all of this but the afl has to get up to speed with this quickly yeah absolutely i mean that's more of an issue for the lawyers and the legal side of things but uh yeah i mean without necessarily signing on the dotted line you go out to play afl footy knowing full well that you can get injured and and concussions are part of that so i think both parties have got you know a, a, a Sort of a what's the word obligation for, an obligation to sort of protect themselves, but at the same time they're both opting into what is a contact sport that can uh, that can lead in lead to injuries.
0: This is the Shelter Footy Cast with Hammer and Skeet. All mm-hmm. right, let's jump into the West Coast Eagles Fremantle Dockers, and uh, we've uh, just gleaned over the the issue of training today and who's mm-hmm. an up and who's and about. Um, now, some of the names that I guess the Dockers are looking at for round one. Peter Bell speaking on SEN. Uh, talking about the likes of uh, Jackson, Ryan, Frederick, Walters. Mm-hmm. I know you're not at the club regularly, mm-hmm. yep. but of that group, I mean, looks like speaking of concussion, Luke Jackson will be okay. Yep,
1: he'll be good to go. I um, imagine.
0: Look, Ryan's got the bad back, but yeah. again, apparently training well enough to suggest he was just being a precautionary measure.
1: Yep, yep. that's the same. I've heard similar things. I think he's, well, he's a very important player to them, and I don't think you'd risk him. Unless he was a hundred percent, but I think he'll be um, he'll push through today, and then he's got a whole week to freshen up. I think I imagine he'd be right to go.
0: Michael Fredericks uh, upped his uh, speed at training, I believe. The quad's been an issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, I suspect I mean, he's so important to them just because he can he can play up the ground, but also hurt you deep. Um, do you think he'll run out against the Saints?
1: Uh, I don't know. I mean, with his explosive pace, if he's got leg or soft tissue issues, he's, uh, you know, you'd, you wouldn't want to risk him. At eighty percent for them to for it to hurt again and then be out for four weeks, so I'd sort of say fifty fifty on him, but um, certainly exciting, and you'd love to see him out there on uh, next Saturday.
0: And my guess is that Michael Walters, thirty two years of age, Achilles issues, hasn't played a practice match. There's two things with this. I, I think I think he's unlikely to to play <laughs> against the Saints um, because of his fitness, but also, I actually is he still? I mean. Is, Look, his career's been outstanding, mm-hmm. but given he's, he's crafty, he, his speed has obviously been lessened in, in recent years, as happens with, with age. When you've got Switkowski, when you've got Schultz, mm-hmm. um, small forwards, and Frederick potentially as a, as a hybrid sort of small forward, does Sun Walters have to fight for his place this year in the side?
1: Oh, I think he does. Uh, but at the same time, I think he just adds a, a level of class and X factor that... These younger guys are still developing, and he's um yeah he's, he's what is he thirty two now? He's getting a bit older, but he's still uh, he's still got enough dash. He can still jump on someone's head, and he still draws the attention of the you know the best small defender. And I think that is um it allows these younger guys to develop and and, and play better footy. But he also gives leadership on ground, and he's I think his presence on field is um is certainly something that helps put his case forward for selection. I don't think he'll play um, next weekend. He's got a bit of time to sort of get himself. Back and ready to go, but um, yeah, I think if he's fit and healthy, he's in there. Best twenty-two.
0: Gee, you sound like you've got some good contacts at Fremantle. <laughs> yeah, have got, got one y- good one. Y- you just keep saying Pretty he's in, one. he's out, he's yet Anyway, um, I'm, just, I'm just guessing here. Hammer's I, I, guessing. I, 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 I speculate. But <laughs> he speculates. I reckon he's gonna be right on a few of those. Uh, but the interesting one also Jager O'Meara, mm-hmm. David Mundy it looks like a nice a, a seamless transition
1: early days or mm-hmm. Mundy Jager O'Meara, the best specimen in the history of the world he's a
0: good I know you've
1: you got a bit of a man crush oh, As, he's just a perfect person isn't yeah. he? just everything about him oh, love him anyway uh, yeah he's, he seems a good fit for the Freo dockers I think T- a tough gap to fill Mundy it's a uh, a very big so a big shoe to fill the uh, the career savers at that for old Dave but um no, he's he's he slotted in well. I think he adds experience and also a real class around that midfield and helping, you know, Brody, Andrew and, and Caleb to develop and grow their own game and yeah, I think it's a probably not like for like, but um I think you get enough out of the uh, the replacement there to, to sort of see the development of that team go forward still.
0: One of the big revelations at the Dockers in recent times has been that Sam Switkowski is mm-hmm. now in charge of the playlist uh at, at the club. This is obviously pre game. Yep. Um, I don't know if you know much about Swidder and, and his musical taste. Um, did you, every the club you've been at, yeah. be at Waffle, AFL, is there a,
1: a person in charge of the tunes pre yep, there is. There's a designated uh, playlist person. I think, I, can't, I don't, I think it's Luke at, um in the AFL. I did it at Waffle for a couple of years um, and mine was more sort of, slow rock to start with or uh, Foo Fighters Red Hot Chili Peppers building up to sort of Metallica and Limp Biscuit and then we'd run out to Down With The Sickness by Disturb so no, it, uh, Just go back
0: what's, what's that last band and song you said? Disturbed Disturbed Down with the Down
1: with the Sickness by Disturbed There's uh, Scoey's That's one of Scoey's favourite But uh, (laughs) this year I'll be including Obviously a little bit Of the Southern River Band in that To get us going But yes Start with early Rock and roll Get heavier 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 And by the end of it You're all screaming And running out Um Luke Shuey's more of a techno guy, but uh, I'm not sure what Swida's music taste is. But I'm, I'm imagining it's something special if they've given him the reins. Yeah, okay, I th- would have chucked a bit of, you um, know, Kenny Rogers. The gal. I'm sort of of course, about,
0: yeah. yeah just, just, ease our way into Gotta the know uh, when to hold him. Yeah, a bit uh, of that. You know, a little bit of kiss going back in time. Um, maybe a bit of Rod Stewart. If you think I'm, you know, do you think I'm sexy? Yeah, bit, yeah different eras,
1: different yeah. eras. I mean, I don't mind those songs. <laughs> Probably not going to run out to. But uh, no, it's, I'll be interested to see what uh, Andrew reckons of Switter's playlist. He's uh, Andrew is a bit all over the shop with his music taste, so I'll be so interested to see if Can Switter can hit the mark. I'm sure and he will be. Alex Pierce is captain.
0: Yep. Uh, he attended the captain's day yesterday uh, mm-hmm. on Thursday. Um, he's he looks like he's tailor made for the role, and. Mm. Um, yeah, if you he say he's fit, this you can just tell there's a lot of respect amongst the group.
1: Yeah, I think so. He was very well spoken on the um on all across all socials the other day. But uh I think listening to what Andrew says about him, he's very very well respected. Firstly, I think he um he can demonstrate his leadership on and off the field. He stepped in for Nat Five really well last year and just sort of cemented himself as almost that fill-in captain to to take over the role. But no, I think he's a perfect man for the job and I think he'll do a really, really good job and he'll guide those, Andrew Sarong and Hayden Young, these younger leaders that they've got up and coming. Um, I think he'll guide them and really put Freo in a good spot for the next sort of five to ten years.
0: Speaking of the captain, he was asked about the musical choice of Switkowski, just going back to that briefly. He said, I'm pretty happy with anyone as long as it's not Sean Darcy. I can't have Sean on the tunes. He's a country boy. He is, yep. It's like a So Fresh album from 2010. Uh, So, you know, the the best of
1: hits, I don't mind. No, they're fine. I can see that. Sean Darcy sipping on a Cruiser No Sugar and enjoying himself a nice little bit of Britney Spears (laughs) or something like that. Oh, Darcy.
0: All right, okay. Um, But one guy that I think let's talk briefly about who's going to have a big year at Fremantle. Yep. Um, I'll let you put your name out there. I've seen a bit of Josh Tracy in in Waffle. The size of the bloke, Mm -hmm. the leg that he's got, if he can just... Put that together on a regular basis at AFL level. That's, you know, a, a question mark that a lot of young forwards get. He, for me, is one. Have you got someone
1: either separately or... or... I, I agree with you on Tracy. I mean, I think I've played him three times or four times in the waffle and he's kicked seven, six and five on us in <laughs> those occasions. Um, so I think he'll have a really good year. I really like the way that he's gone about it. I, um, In terms of who else I think will stand up, I think you'll get a lot out of Hayden Young. I know he had a good year last year, had a little bit of some inconsistencies with injuries across the last couple of years, but if he has a full season together, I, I think he'll challenge for Freo's best and fairest. I think he'll be right up there in terms of um, potentially being in that All Australian squad. If he has a really good year, oh, I like the way he goes about it off a halfback flank. I think they're going to try and set up rebounding through him. I like his left foot, obviously, <laughs> so does everyone. But yeah, um, He's, he's going to develop into some sort of player, and I can really see this year springboarding him into being one of those better half-backs in the comp.
0: Okay, who kicks the most goals for Freya this year? Tabiner, mm-hmm. my
1: man Tracy, Jai or Amos, or Nathan Fife? Yeah, I, I've i been saying this about Fife for a little bit now. I can see him quite comfortably having 100 shots on goal this year, and whether or not he kicks them or not is uh, something that has questioned him in the past. But uh, I'll say Fife will have will kick their most this year. I can, he'll have 100 shots, and if he kicks 40 to 50 of them, I think that's a result. big result for him. Where do
0: they finish? they play finals,
1: obviously, in your mind? Yep, I do. I think they'll play finals pretty convincingly, and I reckon they'll finish, oh, I'm going to say third. Isn't it funny? Mm. Reading Herald Sun tipsters and uh, Melbourne experts,
0: uh, a lot of them left the Dockers out of the eight, and they've got uh, Tim Watson had St Kilda eighth, which... You know what? He could well be proven correct, but yep. you, you look at some of the... A lot of them have actually just tipped the same eight from last
1: year, which yeah. generally doesn't happen, um, no.
0: and Fremantle's one of those yep. sides, but you've, you've got them finishing third, so yeah.
1: improvement. Yeah, I've got them finishing third. I think their, um, their improvement, I think, this year comes from just having another 25 games into the 20 to 25 games into their younger players. I think a lot of them... I've said this a few times. I think the, the golden age is sort of... An average age of 26 is your premiership window for most sides, if you look at it, but... While they're not at that age yet, they've got the games to to back it up. They're such a they're a young side, but have had to play these young players in the last few games. So Andrews played hundred games and he's twenty three. So there's a lot of guys at sort of twenty three, twenty four that have played fifty to hundred games. So I think they've got the experience without having the age, and I think that'll um with that youth that'll set them up to have a really good year.
0: Shift focus the West Coast Eagles. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we talk about round one and some of the uh, the players you're looking at yep. in terms of maybe a, an emerging draftee. Eagles supporters, and my mum rang me, and she's an Eagles uh, nuffy, I'll call her that, and Mm -hmm. she said, oh no, another horrible year. Off the back of a practice match against Adelaide Crows, that can be the most uh, most inopportune time to look at a team Correct, is in pre-season. But there has to be
1: tiny bits of concern out of what what you saw last Friday. Well, I mean, little bits, but also not really. I mean, looking back at it, Practice, the NAB Cup, Carlton used to win that straight sets and then just be nowhere through the year. So there's, it's really, I don't think it has much bearing more than just getting fitness into your players. Um, I think looking at West Coast, you sort of take you take some positives and you take some negatives out of the weekend, but you forget about it pretty quick and look forward. I think they're, um, Scully's been pretty bullish on them finishing in the top eight. I think they're right around the mark challenging. The way I think they're going to present themselves this year is a different look. They're going to have a lot of youth in there. Uh, I've spoken a lot about Ruben Jinbi. I think he's going to be a star. Um, haven't spoken a lot about Campbell Chesser, but he is—he's a smooth mover that's got himself fit again. So I think, in terms of standout or players that are going to break out and have a, a really good year, I can see him um, for one that I haven't spoken about going—you know—really, really well this year. Uh, but no, I see them finishing anywhere from sort of twelfth to seventh. I've got them in that range, and oh, I think they can definitely be challenging for finals if things go their way. And again, practice match. Oh, they are leaking goals last week and, and yep,
0: that was supposedly with the likes of Gov and, and Tommy Barris in defence and Shannon Hearn. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was, that was an issue against the Crows. My concern going forward, uh, particularly if Jack
1: Darling is, is injured, where do the goals come from? Yeah, oh, I think, well, you've still got players like Oscar Allen and Jake Waterman who can be tall forwards that can lead and take marks. Uh, Jack Darling's obviously a really important piece to the puzzle with Kennedy gone. Um, he'll draw your best defender. He's obviously been a, a star player for a long time. But I think you can get a number of goals out of Oscar Allen this year if he, if he stays fit. I think Jake Waterman can kick goals. I think Liam Ryan's looking really good and looking to have um, his form of previous years. So I think you'll be able to find enough goals. I don't think you're going to have uh, a Jeremy Cameron or a Tom Hawkins who's going to pop up and kick 50 to 60. I, I think you're going to have more of a... Scoring by committee. Yeah, I think you're going to have a Melbourne style spread where you're going to have a lot of players popping up and and hopefully kicking around that you know 25 to 40 mark. will that'll really set the the boys on for a good year.
0: Concerned about the lack of ruck options without
1: Big Nick Nat if he doesn't start against North, for instance. Uh, I'm concerned a little bit, but I think at the same time you've had a midfield that's been with and without Nick Nat for the last sort of four or five years, so they're used to to ruck uh, rucking and sharking the opposition. But I think Cal Jamison's come on really well. I think. Uh, Bailey Williams is, you know, still developing, and he's a young kid that can jump over a house. So there's uh, there's plenty of options if if Nick doesn't go down. Obviously, you'd like to have him in because he's a star. But um, I think they'll fare well with or without him. Okay. Uh, just quick
0: uh, sort of Q and A's here. Yep. John Walsall medalist. Albeit we're in March.
1: <laughs> oh, Ruben Jinbi. Ruben Jinbi, <laughs> my guy.
0: That's going to be the rising star. Ruben Jinbi. Ruben Jinbi. Thank you. Most goals. Ruben. No,
1: nah, not most. Oh, I think most goals Oscar Allen this year. Okay, you've
0: got him uh, just surpassing Jack. I mean, if they're,
1: if they're both kicking thirty or forty, they're in the conversation. Yeah, too, no yeah. question. I think uh, I think Oscar will win it based on the fact that Jack will take the better defender for the majority of the year.
0: Okay, uh, you've sort of teased <laughs> us about the finals position. How many wins? Where do they finish? Oh, uh,
1: this is. I reckon they'll have. I reckon they'll have twelve wins and finish eighth. 12th wins, finish 8th. They'll yeah. sneak in by I percentage. They'll sneak in by percentage. I'm not... Uh, to be honest with you, I've, I've lost track of how many games and how many buys, so I don't know what really there is, how many games there actually are in the season. But I'm 12 wins and they'll finish 8th. Okay. percentage.
0: Hit me up with uh, three predictions for the year in its totality. Premiers? Yep. Melbourne. Brownlow medalist? Christian Petrarca. Oh, okay. And the wooden spoon? Uh, Hawthorne. So the demons to have a yeah I well
1: I was in Melbourne over Christmas and uh, was having dinner at Angus's house and Christian came over and it was like a bloke cut like a park statue Adonis chiseled out of stone the, I've never seen anything like it a fit as a fiddle and just looked like he's ready to just kill someone and dominate and uh, I think injury Injury free, he'll um he'll be unstoppable this year. Hammer
0: declaring Melbourne morals for twenty twenty three. but I'll tell you one bloke that surprised me in the West today. The mm-hmm. uh, lift out forty eight page glossy. Jake Waddell and the team did a super job. Uh, all the tipsters were there and they've got previews about every team. One bloke has tipped the Eagles to win the flag. Okay. Who would that
1: be? That would be Justin Langer on the board. <laughs> Justin Langer. JL, we love JL. Oh, he knows a lot about footy. I oh, Back him in. Sometimes you've got to throw a Hail Mary out there and watch it uh, right at home. Peter Penzance even, even Josh Kennedy, who finished the playing
0: last year, he tipped Geelong to win the flag. Yep. Um, but JL, the only, I think, tipster in the world to have tipped the Eagles to win the premiership I this like year. I like
1: it, JL. Going out on a limb and, uh, and back putting himself out there.
0: That's all going to with him as an opener. To face the West Indies without a helmet. It's like,
1: just you just don't do it. Some can, and he's obviously one of them. So I'll back him in. He'll put the first one over uh, mid off for six. It's a nice little lofted cover drive. Thank you very much. But uh, there you go. JL out and on him.
0: Good on him. Uh, board member, but he's sticking fat with the West Coast Eagles.
1: This is the
0: Shelter Footy Cast Hammer and Skeet. Uh, AFL captains' day, we'll touch on that pretty briefly because yep. it's where the AFL asks for you know the voting of all the, the skippers and who's going to make the grand final, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Cetera, et cetera. Um, Fremantle got twelve skippers who think they can play finals, which sounds about right. Yep, that's uh, there thereabouts. Not one skipper thinks the Eagles, no rival skipper, thinks the Eagles can can play finals, which probably sounds about right. Well, a lot of the skippers are not from Perth, so I'll give it to them, sure. (laughs) Um, And Geelong, obviously, I think eight captains think that they'll make the grand final. Which, put it this way, so I read during the week that uh, you'd look at what Melbourne did in 2021 where they thrashed Geelong, they thrashed Dogs in the grand final. Pretty similar to what, I mean, Geelong did to Sydney in the grand final. Um, It doesn't always
1: transfer no.
0: that the premiers come out firing or or there might be more injuries um yeah
1: it's it's predictable to say Geelong but mm. I don't I concur with you I, I think there's uh, yeah there's other teams that can challenge I mean the top four or five sides have all looked like they've, they've bettered themselves over the off-season. So, I mean, Geelong have added a few players and, and have stayed healthy. They have lost Selwood, but um, you look at Melbourne, they've added Grundy. You look at Richmond, they've added Taranto and guys like that. So, all these good sides will will get better. But, um, no, it's not just a certainty to say, well, you've won the flag one year, you're going to be in it the next. So... But I think it's a pretty safe bet that they'll be right up there. Again. Absolutely. They're good side. And uh, so many new captains, nine skippers, I think, of the 18s. Yeah, half the, like that, half yeah. the
0: group. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Toby Green to see whether he can yep. balance his captaincy duties with not being a lunatic and, and belting like Yeah, blokes.
1: a hothead. I, uh, I hope he sort of treads the line. But at the same time, you're... You Watch, I love him. You love Toby Green because he does flirt with that line, and he plays on edge. So I think the players respect him for it. So I hope, without being suspended, I think he, I'd like him to see, like to see him tight wire that line for a little bit longer.
0: Beautiful. Uh, talking footy here, Shelter Footycast, as we swing into our last part of the show. Where we talk a bit about other sports. <music> I mean, you and I love our cricket. Uh, big day for the Aussies today. Four for two fifty-five. Uh, big day, winning the toss with uh, one. Three tosses in this uh, series. Can you believe it? That after three test matches, the team that's won the toss and batted has lost, which
1: seems extraordinary yeah, in India. Ex- well, it does. I mean, you look at the pitch, and it pro- the last few pitches probably make sense. But, um, no, it is. That's a, an extraordinary statistic when you look at it.
0: Now, Uzman Khawaja. What a oh, performance yeah, by a him. Guy. He's 104 not out when play <laughs> resumes today. Uh, Cam Green, 49 not out. Four for 255. Ten years ago, he was part of uh, Homework Gate with Mickey Arthur. Got dropped from a test match in, in India. And then, of course, since he's come back into the test team two years ago, no one has scored more test runs for Australia. He's averaging 69. He's scored 600s in 15 tests. Uh, this bloke is hes a likeable bloke. A lovable, lovable fella.
1: He's a, in a rare vein of form, isn't
0: he? And his first test century yesterday against India and also, of course, in India. So um, we've got one... Open assorted. We don't have the second opener sorted. But what's the plan for, for day two? We've got that 255 on the board. This looks like a 450 pitch.
1: Yeah, it does. I mean, it's certainly about as wicked. And I think, looking at Kawaja, he's um, he's obviously a Labor supporter because he's doing it for Albanese in the crowd. <laughs> ah. But um, I think he continues. He he's, You build your innings around him at the moment. If he can get to, you know, I think he'll challenge a double hundred if he can. Um, get 450, 500. And if you can do that, then see, you know, Throw the stumps at them. go for it. You've got to go hard at India here. I think the Australians have set themselves up and then crumbled in the second inning. So you've got to it's gotta be a big score here to um, to really challenge the Indians. But oh, I think anywhere four hundred plus will be a good score.
0: Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable.
1: score for us and then really have a crack at him. Yeah, bat after
0: tea, hopefully Cam Green can get 100 over there. Yep. Look, he, he's so important to that side because he can mm-hmm. come on and we go for the bowling essentially, which I'm presuming he will do alongside yep. uh, Mitch Stark, and mm-hmm. then of course the spinners hopefully come into play. But the pitch a lot better. But you're right, Albo and the Indian Prime Minister. The, yeah. the actual stadium's named after him, the yeah, Indian Prime I Minister.
1: Yeah, uh, the, the fans were going
0: bananas. Imagine after if that happened yesterday. at the MCG, where the the two Prime Ministers on Boxing Day did a tour like a lap of honour. There'd be cans of V. Oh VB yeah, no, and certainly wouldn't go, go down like a little balloon. Or shelter in our case. Yeah. Um, there would be
1: uh, booing and, and they were cheering. No, they, they were cheering. They were loving it. And uh, they went round on the little... They did the lap of honour. They went up in the crowd. Elbow was giving it to the camera. It was beautiful. Perfect little start to the day. 130,000
0: that uh, stadium holds. But guess what? They've never filled it. The most has been for an IPL final of about 110. So God knows when they're going to fill it. But 130,000 could fit into that uh, uh, section. But the Aussies hopefully it's on the way to drawing a test match there. Uh Finish up quickly. The Glory play tonight against the Wanderers. They're in 11th spot. HBF Park, just around the corner from mm-hmm. here, uh, back in action for the Glory. So good to see the boys in action. 7,000 fans expected there. And the Western Force have got Moana Pacifica. They got belted 70-20, to 20, essentially, by the Queensland Reds uh, last weekend. Uh, that wraps up our Shelter Footycast. I think Scoey's just about to have his first uh, shelter up in Bali. He's given Beautiful. the Bintang the flick and going straight to the shelter, uh, as we will over the course of the weekend. Mm-hmm. Of course, socials at Shelter. Shelter Footycast. Footycast at shelterbrewing.com.au. Uh, YouTube Back Chat, Shelter Footycast. It's now online anywhere you want to find it. Uh, Dan's doing thanks best Dan. Work. Dan thanks Comst. to the boys. Thanks to, thanks to Zeb for getting me home safely on that little small plane, four seats last week, as Scully Beautiful. was hoping for donuts and dancing next to me. And I'm thinking... My God, getting home alive. We got through that. We got through the oh pizza done. making. We jumped off the jetty. We made absolute tools of ourselves. We had a lot of fun, as we always do with you, Hammer.
1: Thank you very much for having me, Skate. It's been good. Hey, Miss short, Catch you next
0: time.